Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got an important and good show for you. Basically talking about holiday times that come in. We're going to be talking a lot about holiday-based mental health stuff because if there's ever a phase of the uh, calendar year that really generates a lot of discomfort and mental health triggers and whatnot and uh, trauma responses, y'all, we are in that phase. Um, so we're going to talk essentially, as always, I, I, I use different entry points on a topic, but it's applicable well outside of that. So even though we're going to really enter uh, how do we manage our relationship with food and our bodies and eating disorders and body positivity during holiday time with friends and family, you can take out the word food and eating and put in drugs and alcohol. Um, uh, your singledom that maybe family members are problematically bringing up and wanting to talk about why you and your partner aren't having kids. Maybe it's your trans identity or your queer identity. You plug in whatever word you want, but we're going to be using the entry point of um, working through our relationship to disordered eating and food. Why? Because, well, that's an important part of holiday time is food, which is why I want us all to give ourselves a break and just eat the foods we want to eat. There are no good foods or bad foods. It's just food. It is part of culture. It's part of celebration. Um, it's part of time with others. It is the way we celebrate a good day. It's the way we sometimes cope with a bad day. Yes, you're allowed to use food to cope, cope with your feelings. Yes, you're allowed to eat your feelings. Sometimes the best thing I need or the most important thing I need on a rough day is some ice cream. It puts a smile on my face. It gives me a little joy. I'm worth that. I deserve that. And then I don't have to punish myself for having eaten that by starving myself, counting calories, or going to the gym. No, we don't punish ourselves for food. Um, so again, you can take out the words disordered eating and body positivity and weave in whatever you want, but I'm using the food example because fortunately far too many of us can identify with having a disordered relationship with food or our bodies. It's quite profound, it is heartbreaking, and it's uh, epidemic. When we look at the research, interestingly enough, cultural, anthropologically, sociologically, we see that other countries and other cultures Prior to having access to a lot of uh, Americanization of things, right? Globalization has taken American culture and really centered it within the norms and values of other cultures, sadly. And one of those detrimental aspects has been eating disorders. When people started bringing in American culture, American music, American television, American magazines, a lot of cultures went from having no disordered eating to a high number of anorexia and bulimia because that's an American value. That is a colonial system. That is white supremacy. That is patriarchy. This idea that we have to be optimal, we have to be healthy, that we have to be aesthetically driven, that there's a right way to be healthy. We health police, we body police. It's a mess. We need to let go. 
eat the foods you enjoy, have the body you have. If you are an athlete or a fitness model, then you might have to worry about your, your body in a certain way, but guess what? The rest of us aren't, we don't. One of the most liberating things that ever happened to me was when I realized I am not a model and don't wanna be, and nor am I a fitness model and don't wanna be, I don't have to look a certain way aesthetically. And that was the most liberating moment ever. My job is not to be attractive to anyone. My job is not to be attractive to my partner. It is my partner's job to love me as I am and to find value in that, and if not, to bounce because we don't keep toxic people in our lives. That's not what tonight's show's about, but that's the foundation upon which I wanna talk about tonight's topic. All right, so let's jump in. We got a lot of stuff happening ahead of us. Holiday time is here, and even if not, we go to dinner with friends, we go on dates, and so this is a relevant topic. I want us to live in a world where we get rid of weight talk and body talk and discussing diet trends. I want to get to a world where people don't post before and afters because nobody needs to see that. Nobody needs to know that you are desperately trying to not have the body that they have. And I don't believe that you know beating your body up or engaging in disordered eating in order to fit a certain aesthetic is a happy goal that we should celebrate. Yes, I know that weight loss for some is part of health. That is a different topic. But for the rest of us, where we're doing it just to feel good about ourselves or just to fit in, that is not a mental health perspective. Mental health is about working on letting ourselves be who and how we are and taking off the pressure to have to look a certain way to be able to feel good about who we are. Weight talk, body talk, and talking about diets is toxic for most of us. Eating disorders are on the rise. And a lot of things that have become normal are actually disordered eating. So... Let's work on shutting down those conversations in general. I've talked a lot about that on the show. We're not gonna spend much more time talking about it, but I want us to take a little more control over the conversations that we're allowing to be had around us. And I want us all to take a little more control around how we let people talk about us. I don't let people talk about my body positively or negatively because I'm not interested. I'm actually trying to be body neutral. I don't care. <laughs> that is not complimentary for me to hear someone say, I gained weight or lost weight, don't care. I am not interested in your thoughts about my body <laughs> at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I want us all to live in that world. If you're interested in me, you're interested in me. And if you're not, you're not. But I don't need to understand why. And I don't need to have my body dissected. And I want us all to take a stance like that. I have to tell a lot of patients in my practice, you're allowed to tell your partner, honey, I don't care about your thoughts on my body. I don't want to hear you tell me I need to lose weight or gain weight. I don't want to hear you tell me what I need to be eating. That is not your job as my partner. Your job as your partner is to love me as I am. And if you can't do that, you got to work on being able to do that because that's care, meeting us where we're at. We can't enter relationships trying to change people. And we don't want to enter relationships feeling as though we need to be other than we are to be acceptable and to be desired. I'm going to talk more about this. It's a very broad topic. So stick around. We got a whole lot more to come, y'all. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, Rachel, we are back and we're talking about, I guess it's a really broad topic, but we're using um, disordered eating and body positivity as the entry point. We're talking about not letting the holiday time really have a toxic impact on us. So we're really taking control over the conversations that are had around us and the way people are talking to us. But with the holidays coming, what's the first thing we want to think about? I want people to plan ahead. Look at the holiday season ahead of you and you can break it down week by week and say, what do I have ahead of me and what do I need to be aware of? Let's use the example of going home to spend time with family and friends. Ask yourself what triggers might be there. You can ask that to yourself every time you go out of the house. What triggers might I find around my drug and alcohol use and recovery, my uh, eating disorder recovery, my relationship to my body? Because I want everyone to come out of the holiday times feeling good about themselves, not harmed by friends and family members or the way you treat yourself. So we plan ahead. That is the work I do with my clients that are in recovery from drugs and alcohol and in eating disorder recovery and any other ones that are worried about what their family members might say about their gender identity, their sexual orientation, their relational status, is we plan. So that's a question I ask a lot of them. What are you worried about coming up or what triggers do we have to talk about knowing that you're going to this party, that party, flying home, not flying home? How might that bring up issues with your body, your recovery, your mental health, your gender identity? We plan. That is the best way through is to anticipate the problems so we can talk about perspectives. We can talk about resources. We can talk about tips for getting through. So ask yourself, what triggers might be ahead of me for the holiday? Generalize, but then also get specific based on whatever your plans are going to be, staying in town or not staying in town. Maybe we're talking about loneliness. You're staying in town. You're not spending it with anyone. What triggers might come up? Because we then both have a plan to tackle it, but then we're also not thrown off if and when it emerges or arises because that can be a part of this. We don't want to create any anticipatory anxiety, and that's also reduced by having a plan. That's a, just a little general tip for any anxiety. If you already have talked about what's possible, how bad could it really be? And if it does happen as badly as it could be, what are the resources I have available to kind of get through? That decreases anxiety because we're right-sizing it, we're aware of what's possible, and we're talking about having a way through. And that's what we all need to have. So the first thing again is, what triggers might I have ahead of me? I'm going to be aware of them and I'm gonna plan for that. The next thing we have to talk about is sometimes it helps us to give ourselves permission ahead of stepping into an environment. Case in point, you know that old example where someone shows up at maybe an event ahead of time they say this, or maybe when they first get there and they say, listen, I have another party I have to go to. I'm not going to be able to stay the whole time. You kind of put out on the table what could be a future obstacle and you give yourself permission and you get permission by just putting it out there. Hey, I'm not going to be able to stay too long, but thank you for the invite. Definitely coming by. 
you give yourself that permission. I want us to do that around the holidays with friends and family members. Set limits ahead of time. Hey, you might say inside your head first, I know that going home, my family's gonna bring up my gender identity and that's not something I wanna spend the whole night dealing with and I don't trust people's ability to keep their thoughts to themselves or to honor boundaries and so you say to yourself, I'm gonna just stay for dinner. And then you kind of make that known ahead of time. Hey, I'm only gonna be coming for dinner. And then it's gonna be less pressure when it's time to go. People might still push back on that, but you've at least set that little bit of a standard. You've really given them the appropriate expectation to have on you. Because sometimes if we don't do that ahead of time, understandably they think we're gonna be there for the duration of the event or the party or the dinner. And um, we get in the weeds when we think in that moment with that group pressure that we're gonna necessarily be able to kind of hold that stance. Depends on who the person is, but setting limits ahead of time and giving ourselves permission to do what we need to do can take off some of that stress. Um, and sometimes doesn't even allow any larger issues to happen because they're aware of what, what time you might leave. Others might even kind of spread that word around, but either way, you've kind of taken off some of that sharpness. So again, planning for the triggers, setting limits ahead of time. Um, cause remember it's supposed to be fun. It's that, it's that F word fun. I know, I talked about that in another show, that like the way we enter the holiday season, we enter it with so much stress because of expectations, trying to do it the way we've always done it, trying to do the way other people do it the way we did it last year. And the fun is gone. And that's what's so disheartening about all this. Most people don't plan holidays or parties or meals in service of making people's or lives or days harder, but yet that in fact is what happens. And so we wanna be kind with ourselves and kind with other people, but I, uh, remind yourself and remind those, like it's supposed to be fun. It doesn't matter how many people show up, doesn't matter how long we stay, to really be rooted in is everyone having fun? Is everyone feeling safe and comfortable? So that's maybe the other word, fun, but also safety. No one should be made to feel unsafe at a party or an event. Again, not, not what that's about, especially not holiday, holiday times. And so I do want us to assess that, and that goes back to the trigger point question. What triggers might be ahead? You can also say, what might not be fun? Or what might feel unsafe? How can I prevent that? How can I prepare for that? Ask yourself those questions. And God bless those that don't have to do any of this work. God bless those that are like, you know what? I feel good about it. <laughs> I'm not worried about anything. Uh, I like the people that are gonna be there. I feel respected. Props to you, but there's a lot of people that don't feel that way because of recovery, expectations, gender, sexuality, all those different pieces. So I'm a big fan of people planning. That's why this holiday time, this is kind of the work I do in my private practice with clients as well. Um, okay, there's a whole bunch more I wanna hit because um, I think this is important. I don't like the idea that in the new year, a lot of people kind of flood back into therapy, uh, beaten and bruised psychologically, emotionally, and, and sadly, sometimes literally from what was supposed to be a very magical time. Um, so we're going to come back. We'll talk more about this later. We'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you want to hit, circle back, drop deeper into all that fun stuff. And then uh, past episodes of the show. Always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. It's all about that work, undoing and redoing, unlearning and relearning. So um, pop over there and check that out. Otherwise, y'all stick around because we got a whole lot more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and on Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back. Um, 
gosh, we're talking about how to take care of ourselves during the holiday time, but you know, I'm essentially using the entry point of um, disordered eating, how to protect ourselves from those triggers, how to keep it body positive, how to get us away from diet talk and weight talk because that's what holiday time tends to bring up because of what the eating and the drinking and the snacking and all of that. And what a, what a dark way to turn something that's supposed to be fun and jolly and celebratory into something that just doesn't have to be taxing for our mental health. So if you don't relate to the food or diet topic, put in drug and alcohol recovery, put in, you know, like I said earlier, gender identity, sexual orientation. This is just the way to get through this to the best we can. So we're talking about planning ahead and saying what triggers might, might I be encountering so as to remove some of the anticipatory anxiety and also to be prepared. And then also what limits can I set ahead of time? about when I'm leaving, even maybe saying, hey, please don't sit me next to a certain person. They trigger me. Please don't sit me next to a certain person. They're not good with boundaries. And again, holidays are supposed to be fun. They're supposed to feel safe. So I do want people to advocate for themselves. People that care about you will be happy to understand your limits. People that care about you will be happy to understand who you feel safe with and who you don't. So bring that in. And again, be open to someone approaching you about these things. Your relationship to certain people isn't everyone else's relationship. And just because you're comfortable with certain things doesn't mean they are. So be open to some of those boundaries kind of being set. Another thing is to take breaks. <laughs> I think some people think it's all in or all out. You know, it's okay to go and take time away by um, going for a walk outside, uh, going to the bathroom and just taking some time to yourself in there depending on if it's a home that's yours or one you grew up in or where you're comfortable, you can even go off into a room and just spend some time on your phone, take a nap, take advantage in whatever way you can of saying I have to run an errand. Um, I'm gonna go sit in my car and make a phone call and you just go out in your car and listen to music. Take breaks. We don't need to be 100% present with everyone and everything that's happening. I do that often at parties because of my social anxiety. It is too taxing on me to just consistently socialize um, and it's not fun and I'm allowed to have fun and parties are supposed to be fun. And so if they're not fun, I, I use that as a cue to either exit, go talk to someone or to sometimes take a moment to myself. I'll go get some food. I'll go use the bathroom. I'll go get some air outside. I'll go for a walk, make a phone call. Whatever I need to do, I do. I want to offer that to you. Take breaks. You don't have to just take it head on the entire time. Depends on what the situation is. Maybe you can go take a nap, depending on where you are. Um, but take necessary breaks, which really means take care of yourself. Whatever your need is, allow for that. But definitely give yourself permission to do that. Because for some people, full ongoing immersion for too many hours is just too taxing. And it doesn't matter what other, you know, it doesn't matter what other people are able or willing to do. We all have different needs and that's also something I'm always advocating for. Just because your brother can tolerate a certain person or a certain topic doesn't mean you could, can, or should. We are all different, we all have different needs. And when you invite people over or when you go to a party, that is a room full of a lot of different people with a lot of different needs. And again, if we're focusing on what we should be focusing on, which is everyone's just trying to celebrate, everyone's just trying to have fun, then we are absolutely wanting everyone to get their needs met. We are then absolutely wanting to accommodate everyone's special needs. And if in fact that's not the case, ask yourself what that's about. 
Why do I not want people to have fun? Why do I not want people to have to feel safe? Why do I need it to go a certain way and I can't really individually allow people to take care of themselves in the way they need to? Because some people get real rigid. Well, no, I set, I set the table a certain way and you have to sit where you were asked to sit. What are we honoring then in doing that? Not people or mental health. We're honoring some rigid rule that isn't a real thing. Like be flexible. Prioritize the needs of the people more so than you do the presentation of the event or the party. Like that shouldn't come first. Um, because some people might need to arrive late. Some people might need to leave early. Some people might not be able to dress up in whatever it is you wanted them to wear because of finances, because of health issues, because of a lot of different things. Um, so again, remind yourself, it's a party. It's supposed to be fun. I think that's something I've said to a few clients I've worked with that I've gotten really hung up on, what people are wearing, what time they're coming, what food they're having, where they're sitting. I'm like, you kind of missed the point. Um, if it's focused on that, no one's probably having fun in that. What are we even doing at that point? So anyway, take your breaks. Everyone be flexible. Ask for your needs to, to be met. And as a host or as a guest, like that's something we should be open to accommodating. Um, another thing that I think is important is identifying who your allies are. And that's important with family events. Which family members will have your back? Which family members can you ask to have your back? Which family members can you sit next to maybe or spend time with that's gonna be a buffer? Start to identify that. Can you bring someone who's gonna be an ally if you can't identify one otherwise? That's really important for some people to stay sober. If they're going to a dinner or an event that's important to them where there's gonna be a lot of drinking or maybe drug use, same thing with disordered eating. Um, sometimes it really helps to bring someone or to identify that ally ahead of time. Again, that's another way to decrease our anxiety. But we also know that trauma is best buffered, decreased, and sometimes prevented by having social supports readily available and even more importantly, right there, um, very easily accessible. So, all right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to do some DMs, and then we're going to get back to this topic. So uh, stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm starting to realize that for the last few years, I've alienated myself from my friends and family as I was finding myself. I grew up in a really conservative white area, and I don't fit into that at all. Now... As I'm starting to come back and realize that these are still people I want in my life, I'm finding it hard to fit in with them and not back away again. For example, one of my friends, one of my best friends, revealed that she voted for Trump. Ooh, she's a great person. I mean, she doesn't have great ethics. Uh, and we have so much history together. But now I'm wondering if, she re if revisiting my past and trying to make amends was the right thing to do or if it's something I'm okay without. Here, here we go. Here's the big finale. Can you still be friends with someone? who you can't relate to like you used to? Well, I mean, in theory, can you be friends with someone you can't relate to like you used to? Yes. Can you be friends with someone you can't relate to? No. <laughs> one of the most important parts of relationship is relating, being understood, attunement, resonance, presence, connection, commonality, compatibility, safety, you need all of those things. So you don't have to relate to them in the way you used to, but you need to be able to relate to them. And if you don't, because you have nothing in common, different ethics, different value systems, different politics, different lifestyle, different identity, then you got nothing. <laughs> so I'd want you to be around people that have similar ethics, values, and politics, 100%. That's important for our mental health. 
I can't be friends with someone who actively votes against women's rights. I don't value or respect or want to be friends with someone who's a bigot and is homophobic and wants to erase homosexuality from curriculum and discussion and the identity of teachers like in Florida. I can't be with someone who doesn't think that black lives matters and doesn't work to end white supremacy. Like I can't God bless you. If you can, I don't know how those things are a part of the core of who someone is, their ethics, their, their politics. It's, it's all tied in. Um, but you have to be on your journey, but just because we don't relate in the way we used to, well, we've grown up, but if you don't relate at all now, then they're not someone who can be in your life. That's a really tough one. All right, we got time for another one. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm currently in a polyamorous relationship, and this is my first one. I've always been monogamous. So just to call it out, polyamory means multiple ongoing relationships. It does not mean I have a partner and I sometimes have sex with other people. Poly means multiple relationships, true multiple relationships at the same time. Parents can love multiple kids at the same time. Parents have multiple relationships with all their kids at the same time. People have multiple friends. They love all their friends. They have ongoing relationships with all their friends. It's the same thing, just the romantic version. See how we're able to do that? We have tons of colleagues at the same time. Manage all that. Tons of siblings at the same time. Manage all that. Tons of friends at the same time. Manage all that. And then you bring up Polly. People are like, I don't get it. You do. It's just not maybe comfortable or familiar to you. Anyway, back to your question. You're in one. It's your first. And you've been dating for six months. One of the people I'm assuming you've been dating for six months. And I feel like I'm still struggling with jealousy. Is there a way to get over jealousy? Yes, but not always. Jealousy will always happen, whether monogamous, whether poly, whether single. It's just how it goes. There might be things that we feel like we want. We might sometimes feel like we're losing something. So that's what you have to really ask yourself. What am I jealous of? Is the jealousy that I have worth honoring? Do I want to honor it or do I want to try to backseat it and live from a place of security? Because sometimes we have to fake it till we make it. We act secure and confident because that's what's good for us in our relationships. And we allow and acknowledge our jealousy, but we just don't act from it, which is a mental health skill. Just because you feel something doesn't mean you act or behave from the feeling. Healthy people can feel something, but they act and behave from their ethics and their values. And that's what you're being called upon to do. Hi, I feel jealous. However, I know it's not reasonable and I don't want to live from it. So I'm not going to act it out on my partner when they get home from having been with someone else. I'm going to say, how are you? Glad you're home. Tell me about your night while still feeling jealousy and maybe even saying, Hey, I'm feeling some jealousy, but I'm not going to treat you from it or punish you for it. Cause that's mine. And I don't really want to honor it. And I want to get familiar with these feelings, but I'm going to call it out, but still tell me how your night was with your other partner. But yeah, you're going to feel jealous at times. It might mean you need more care or attention with your partner. You could say that I'm feeling jealous. I wonder if we could spend more quality time together. I wonder if I could see you again this week. I wonder if we could spend more time with affection and cuddling because sometimes it's really a communication or a symptom of something else that I don't feel close to, or I don't feel connected. Um, and that's going to be part of all of our lives at different times. So ask yourself, what might this really be about? And if it really is just, I'm jealous because I feel like I'm losing something, remind yourself that like someone can have someone and I can also have them too. It's not a deficit model. All right. Let me know how that goes. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, so we're back. 
talk about how to take care of ourselves and our mental health during the holiday time because it's supposed to be what fun and that means everything has to feel what safe whether it's your drug and alcohol recovery uh relationship to food disordered eating uh trans and gender identities sexual orientation different relational status uh maybe your family doesn't want your poly partner there maybe they're wondering why you're single why maybe why you don't have kids whatever the case is um but we're really kind of going to use food as the entry point but feel free to kind of interchange that term so we're talking about having a plan knowing what are the triggers that are going to be coming ahead of me let me prepare for them um generally specifically also setting limits ahead of time letting people know what to expect of you i'm not staying the whole time or i'm going to be arriving late or i'll be wearing comfortable clothes or i'm bringing food because i'm vegan or gluten-free and you don't provide that um also taking breaks when necessary. You don't have to stay for the entire time. You can say, I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm gonna go use the bathroom. Uh, I'm gonna go make a phone call. Whatever you need to do, it's, it's better to come in and out. Don't think you have to stick around the whole time. And I just mean that as in terms of not even exiting, but just taking breaks away. And then um, also trying to identify an ally or bringing one with you. That is a big one in drug and alcohol recovery where people are like, look, I need a sober person there with me. Um, or sitting next to the sober family member, or asking a family member to be your sober ally, or your disordered eating ally, or your trans support ally, or whatever the case may be. Try to find someone there, or try to bring someone, because we shouldn't have to go through these things alone. And if we're really taking it all the way, we know from research and trauma that having social resources is how we prevent and even eliminate traumatic responses. It's also co-regulation. We are better regulated when we have access to other people in real time, also symbolically. So bring them, identify them, but make sure you have them. And then that rolls into the next point, which is stay connected to your support networks. Thank God for cell phones. You can take a break and call them to get a little bit of a pep talk. You can text them again to get a little bit of a pep talk to know that you're not alone. Let that friend know, hey, I'm going to this dinner. I'm going to this party. Holidays are tough. You can't come with me. Maybe there's an ally. Maybe there's not. I'm going to struggle to set boundaries, take care of myself. Can I call you? Can I text you? Will you be available? That's, that's a great thing to do. Uh, maybe even just you want a buddy that's going to laugh and keep things lighthearted because sometimes we enter these family dynamics or social dynamics and there's an intensity, especially during the holiday time. It brings up a lot for everyone, which is why like go easy on yourself, go easy on other people. You don't know what this time means for them. It means grief and loss for some. For others, it's financial insecurity that comes up. All sorts of interesting things come up at this time. So be aware of that because again, it's supposed to be fun. It's like sex. It's like dessert. It's supposed to be fun. We are overthinking it. We are making it harder than it needs to be. We are rigidly holding on to plans, outcomes, and expectations. Stop. Let it be fun. I want the holidays to go like this. Wear what you want. Here's the window of time it's going to happen. Come when you want. If you want a certain food product, feel free to bring it. Let it be fun. Individualize it. Stop having everyone fall into line like we're in the army or like it's a photo shoot. It's not. You're missing the point. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, all right, so what else do we have to think about? There's a whole lot. I have notes everywhere. Ah, let's go to this one. Hold limits. <laughs> it's okay to say to someone, you know what? I'm not comfortable talking about that. Or, you know what? We've talked enough about that. I really want to talk about something else. Or this conversation isn't really feeling good. I'm going to go, I'm going to go sit over there. Whatever you need to do, set limits. You don't have to talk about things you don't want to. You might need to physically move your body if someone doesn't honor that. 
but I want us to tell others what we need. I don't want to talk about this. You can call that out ahead of time. That's part of the um, setting limits ahead of time. Hey mom, just so you know, when I get there, I don't want to talk about the fact that I'm single. I'm unwilling to talk about what I'm eating or not eating. Hey, can we not focus on what's on my plate? You have a right to set limits. That's not being mean and that is not being rude. And anyone that calls limit setting rude is very unhealthy because we are always allowed to set boundaries. Even at grandma's house, even at your mom's house, even at your partner's house, no matter where we are, we're allowed to set boundaries. Everyone counts. No one, no one matters more. Grandmom's feeling doesn't matter more than yours. Dad's feelings don't matter more than yours. No one's do. Everyone's feelings matter the same. Everyone's allowed to set boundaries. Even if I'm going to someone else's party, my feelings matter too. And everything that I need and boundaries I need to set get to be set, even though it's not my party, even though you know we got grandma at the table. No one is let off the hook. And that's that's not as traditional as that. That is not traditional. Most people think, ah, it's grandma. She can say what she wants. Or dad gets away with certain things. Or that racist uncle, we just let him say what he wants. No more. We don't do that anymore. We set boundaries. We take care of ourselves. Everyone's feelings count. Just because you're older doesn't mean your feelings matter more. Just because you wear the label mom doesn't matter mean your feelings matter more. Everyone's do. Otherwise, it's a very, very toxic environment and no one should be participating in it. So I don't care if you're the patriarch, the matriarch. I don't care who you are, what you are. Everyone's feelings matter the same. Age doesn't matter. Children's feelings also matter. Children's needs matter too. Adults' feelings don't matter more. In fact, they matter less because we should be able to regulate. We should be able to be more adaptable than children can be, even more so. Um, all right, we're going to keep talking about uh, how to protect our mental health during holiday time. So stick around. We're going to do that. And then later we'll be doing some uh, DMs. So if you got a question for us, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Otherwise, y'all stick around. we got a whole lot more to come. You're listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all. We're back talking about how to take care of ourselves and our mental health during holiday time and holiday season. So we're planning ahead. We're looking at what are the triggers that we can anticipate. So we have a plan, right? We're also setting limits ahead of time if possible. Hey, listen, I'm not comfortable talking about this. Hey, I'm not comfortable sitting next to so-and-so. That's a really important one. Um, we are taking breaks as needed. It's okay to get up from the table and go for a walk. It's okay to say to everyone while they're playing a game, I need some air, I'm going outside, 100%. We're also trying to elicit allyship through some people maybe at the table. Hey, you say to your cousin or grandmother, um, so-and-so tends to say some problematic things. It would mean a lot if you could support me or stand up for me. Yeah, bringing an ally. Hey, yeah, well, y'all love to uh, really have a lot of jokes about my uh, queer identity. I'm gonna bring a queer friend. I need to have someone there with me, sure. Also staying connected. You know, having friends that, you know, you can call or text to give you a little support, care, um, pep talk. Um, and again, those that are not relating to any of this, God bless you. But whether it's food, drug and alcohol recovery, or lots of other things, a lot of us, unfortunately, enter some unsafe dynamics, socially, familially, where our needs won't get met, where we won't be taken care of, where we won't be respected. And so that's why all this comes into play. And the more empowered we are and the more we're planning for it, the better it's going to go. Um, what else? We're allowed to um, hold limits and change the conversation. We're allowed to say to someone, I'm not comfortable talking about that. I'm not comfortable answering that. Or I don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh, we're allowed to also say, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go walk around and we're allowed to walk away from a conversation with someone. We're allowed to change our seats. It's not rude. It's not weird. 
It's healthy. We're just not familiar with it. I want us to see more examples of it. I want us to normalize that. That's important. I hate that we live in a world where someone taking care of themselves or setting a boundary is seen as weird or rude. But for people that aren't used to having boundaries set, that's how it feels. And uh, people that aren't used to boundaries don't want them. And so they'll want you to keep answering things you don't want to answer. And they'll make you answer them by putting you down, shaming you. Come on, it's, it's just family or I'm just joking. No, what you said was inappropriate or wrong or rude and I'm going to ask you to stop. Um, I don't care that it's your uncle so-and-so and that's just how he is. His racism is inappropriate and if he doesn't stop, you're going to leave the table. Uh, we're not giving people passes anymore. It, it's, it's, our mental health matters too much. We shouldn't have to be around these environments. Um, what are some other things we need to do? I thought some of this is great. So another thing we talk about is having a little bit of a crisis plan. If things really go worst case scenario where people aren't honoring your boundaries, people are drinking and drugging and you're getting triggered, where people are commenting on food you're eating or not eating and your eating disorders on full blast, um, you can, can you leave? Do you have a way of getting out of there? Do you have transportation? Do you have a ride-sharing app downloaded on your phone? Do you have money for a cab? Um, could you maybe drive yourself there so that if you need, you can leave? Um, do you have somewhere you can stay if staying at your parents' house becomes not healthy for you? Like plan ahead, have a crisis plan. What's worst case scenario? And what would be the ways to get yourself out of that? Where can you stay? How will you get there? Um, is there someone you can call? Do you know anyone locally? Like some people unfortunately need to think in those terms. So ask yourself that, how will I deal with worst case scenario if that emerges? First you gotta ask yourself, what would that be? And then try to plan accordingly. It's horrible that we have to even talk in that way, but unfortunately we do. Um, another thing you can do is have some responses prescripted, knowing what might be coming up as to why you had kids yet, why are you single? Um, you can again say, I'm not comfortable talking about that or answering that or plan ahead saying, please don't ask me such questions, but let's say we find ourselves in the midst of it anyway. What do you want your answer to be? Figure it out ahead of time. That's another way to deal with anticipatory anxiety and anxiety in the moment. I do a lot of that work with patients in my clinical practice. What do you want your response to be? Who do you wanna be if these difficult moments emerge? What do you think you can say? Sometimes we literally script it out and they write it down and they practice it on their way in. They practice it while they're there. Even if you have to read it off the darn card, let's script ahead of time how you're gonna deal with some of these difficult people or conversations or questions. That makes us form, feel more empowered. We know how to handle it. We know what we're gonna do. And then we're actually able to implement that in the moment. So again, that's why I love the planning ahead of time. What might you be up against? How can we have an exit plan for that? How can we answer that in a way that you feel good about, in a way that is empowering? So you're not caught off guard. So you're not finding yourself in situations where you're trapped. Holidays are supposed to be what? Fun, I know, I know, if only. Um, okay, also, I've worked with some clients on making something that you might call like affirmation cards. Uh, a way to counter some of the things you might feel, a way to counter some of the messages that you might hear. Because again, some people are going into environments where it's all bad. And again, I'd rather you not go at all. But sometimes it's a little more nuanced or complicated than that. And so having some affirmation cards are ways to remind yourself the things you want to be reminded of. Um, I'll give clients that sometimes. Write this down somewhere so you look. You can look at it. It's a reminder of what's real. It's a reminder of who you really are. It's a reminder of how you want to think. It's a reminder of how you want to be. That's important because we can lose ourselves in some social spaces and dynamics. We're like, well, wait a minute. 
<clears throat> I'm very confused. I need something to ground me and anchor me. That's a way to do it. I'm a big fan of people doing that in general, putting sticky notes around their house, reminding them of how they want to be, what they want to do, what they want to say. I'm a fan of people preparing before difficult conversations. What are some things I want to make sure I cover? What are some things I, you know, some sound bites? What's a script I maybe want to follow? There is nothing wrong with that. I think that is actually very smart. So check in with yourself and ask yourself if you need that. Because again, we're trying to both plan and we're also trying to have tools and resources in the moment. We can't plan for everything, but a lot of it we can. Because for some of us, the answer isn't always just don't go. Not We don't always want to live in that world. And sometimes some things are both good and bad. And we want to participate in the good part and have some of the fun, but really buffer ourselves away from the things that are a little more difficult and toxic. Um, all right, we're going to go back. We'll talk a little bit more about it. And then later we'll be doing some DMs. So we got a question, always anonymous, always confidential. Put it in the DMs on our love line, IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back, drop deeper into. And then past episodes of the show is always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for love line and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. Otherwise, we'll be back. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Well, Rachel, we're back and we're just finishing up our discussion of how to take care of ourselves and our mental health during the holiday time, because it's not always as easy and black and white as I'm going or I'm not going. Sometimes it's a little more nuanced, more complicated. Sometimes we want to participate in some of it. We don't want to deal with all of it. So we're asking ourselves what triggers, what, what difficult situations are ahead. How can we plan for that? Um, can we set any limits and expectations ahead of time? How long we're going to be there, what we're willing to deal with, where we want to sit. Um, we're also taking breaks as needed. You don't have to stick around. We can set boundaries as well. I'm comfortable talking about that. I'm not comfortable talking about that. We're looking for allies at the event or the table. Hey, can you have my back? Maybe you got to bring someone with you. Nothing wrong with that. Especially if you're worried about drug and alcohol recovery, disordered eating recovery, gender, sexual orientation, relational stuff. It's cool to have someone there with you or a family member who understands your struggle. Sometimes just having someone who can give you a wink or a nod or put their hand on your shoulder and be like, hey, that's, that's soothing. Co-regulation, having someone else help regulate us is always more powerful than self-regulation. Turn to other people. Pull as many people as you can into your care plan. Um, what else are we doing? Well, we are shifting focus and we're also planning some of our responses ahead of time. How do you want to handle so-and-so maybe saying or doing what they might do or what they've done in the past? That's part of that preparation. You know, what do you want to say? Let's write it down. Let's role play. Do that with my patients all the time. Let's imagine we're there. What do you think might come up? What do you want to say if this does happen? And then I was also talking about um, affirmation cards, things you write down, mantras, positive thoughts, reminders, um, Reminders that say, stay in your power. Reminders that say, everything's okay, you can handle this. Reminders that say, you're allowed to leave if you need to. Like whatever self-talk you need, because that's, that's a big piece of this. Track your self-talk. What are you telling yourself? Because you wanna be at least your own ally, if nothing else. Are you on your own side? Are you supporting yourself? Are you empowering yourself? Or are you bullying yourself? And sometimes that those affirmation cards are a good way for us to really focus on the relationship we're having with ourselves. Cause there's the interpersonal us and others. And then there's the interpersonal, our relationship to ourselves, all of them matter and they can impact each other. And when we're around others that aren't healthy, we need to at least be making sure we are on our own side and we are at least taking care of ourselves. And that's a way to remind ourselves that have things prescripted, 
focused on what we're telling ourselves, what's that internal dialogue about, and having some of these messages written down. And also that's part of having friends staying connected. Like, hey, you might say to your friend, I'm gonna call you or text you if there's a difficult moment. Here's what I'd want you to tell me. You can preload that with your friends. I've done that before. Remind me this, remind me that. Help me focus on this, help me focus on that. So have all those social resources prepared. Sometimes it's as easy as just don't go if it's too much, but sometimes we do still wanna go. We wanna go for part of it, or sometimes we don't have a choice depending on the dynamics. So that's all in there. Um, another piece is being kind with ourselves because I really wanted to talk specifically about food because we love to punish ourselves and shame ourselves and holidays are about celebration and fun and I want us to just be in the moment. So we're not punishing ourselves for what we're eating before, during, or after. We're not commenting on our bodies or other people's bodies. Um, we're eating what feels good to us. We're eating when we're hungry. We're stopping when we're full. We're really bringing in what we call intuitive eating, which is we're letting our bodies dictate for us when what we eat, when we eat, when we stop eating. Not other people. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Not this idea of how or who we think we should be. You know, it's the holidays. It's that F word again. Fun, celebration, joy, all of that. Because I want us to come out of the holidays better off. I want us to come out of the holidays rested. I want us to come out of the holidays feeling good. They're not supposed to make things tougher or harder. For some people, that's their only downtime, rest, leisure, and pleasure time. 
And that should be what we should center, whatever, whatever it is that's going to make the holiday season the most restful, the most pleasurable, center that. And that might mean going home for only half the time. That might mean only staying at half the party. That might mean leaving some of your holiday social calendar open. There's nothing wrong with taking care of yourselves or setting boundaries. I think we've, again, shamed that too much in our culture and we'll say, be a team player, be a good friend, or that's just your grandmother, that's just who your uncle is. What? That's giving people a pass. And there's appropriate scenarios for some of that, but then there's some times where it just isn't. Um, and that's why we're always looking ahead, uh, always asking ourselves, how will this impact my mental health? And again, I want to do that in the inverse. Ask yourself, how will, this mental, how will this impact other people's mental health? Am I putting too much stress upon them? Is there too high an expectation for them? We talked about that even with gift giving, how much gifts you're giving, how many, how much money you're spending, and really kind of reorienting all of that as well. It's such a bummer for me to see so many people's mental health just tanking during the holiday season. That was not why this was all set up. And we really, really, really need to reorient that and ask ourselves, what are we centering and prioritizing? Because it shouldn't be this tough or rough um, and really kind of aligning with a better value system. So ask yourselves that. Um, we should be starting the new year off well-rested, feeling good with smiles on our faces, not, not the opposite. Um, but again, we're going to talk more about it because this is going to be something that we have ahead of us. So we'll do more of that. Uh, we're going to come back, do some DMs. So if you've got a question for us, topic you want to hit, something you want us to circle back or drop deeper into, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And uh, always anonymous, always confidential, helping others as you're helping yourself because someone else might be struggling with or wondering the same thing, you know? And then past episodes of the show is always over at wearechannelq.com. Otherwise, you'll all stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back, and uh, now it is time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Excuse me, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris, is social media really a good reason to break up with someone? My boyfriend and I have been officially together for close to 10 months, and he still hasn't posted about me. And he's active, in all caps, on social media, always taking selfies, always with friends, but never with me. I've asked and he said that he's waiting for the right photo, but that's dumb in my eyes. Um, okay, well, either your boyfriend's a liar, and if you're dating a liar, you should break up and run, and if not, then you need to accept his answer. Um, I, I, you know, Again, I'm assuming you're in a healthy relationship, and so why would this person not tell you the truth unless you're in a relationship that doesn't have a lot of deep intimacy? Like That's the hard part about these questions. Are you with someone where you both are approachable and you're able to be told difficult information? Because remember, people won't tell you the truth if you're dramatic and overreactive, but if you're safe to be gone to, and he's been able to tell you difficult things and you've calmly listened, well then, yeah, I believe him when he says that. But if you're you know, dysregulated and erratic and you have a lot of conflict in your relationship, well then yes, maybe he is lying. So the bigger issue is you have work to do in your relationship. But again, let's assume it's a healthy relationship built on trust. Well then, yes, I want you to trust him. And again, if you don't, you have a bigger problem. You're dating someone who when they tell you something, you don't believe them. Work on that first and don't care so much about social media. Also having said that, we need to get over the social media stuff, like it's a mess. Maybe he doesn't wanna put you on his page because he doesn't wanna bring other people into the relationship. I do not post pictures of people I'm in a relationship with on my social media because that's not what I use it for. That's personal and private and I don't put them on there. And if they had an issue with that, I'd say, here's why. It's private <laughs> and I don't do it like that. And if that means more to you, 
than what I'm telling you, then I don't want to be in this relationship. I don't want to be with someone who doesn't understand my boundaries and doesn't trust me when I tell them something. So like, yeah, it's a little bit of a trust issue. Having said that, I also want it to not be that deep for either of you. Um, so I'll never agree that we should dump people because they won't post a picture of us. That tells me that the relationship doesn't have that much worth or meaning to you. If you're willing to break up with him because he won't put your face on his Instagram, come on, then the relationship should end. It's flimsy. But if the relationship has a lot of meat to it and a lot of love and a lot of care and a lot of commitment, then you talk it out. What meaning has he given you as to why he won't do that? Because the photo is not good? Then tell him, great, let's spend the day this weekend finding a really adorable photo of the two of us. We'll take a whole bunch of them, different lighting, different backgrounds, and we'll find one that we're both comfortable with, and then you can post it. Awesome. Case closed. But if that isn't something he's willing to do, then your work is to lovingly and calmly figure out what the meaning is in posting pictures and not posting pictures. It's called empathy. We don't wanna get mad, we wanna try to understand. That's a healthy relational skill, because there is no rule. He doesn't have to ever post a picture of you. It's not bad or wrong, he hasn't broken a rule. There is no rule. It's a preference. You'd prefer that he did. So you're disappointed that he won't. You have to learn how to deal with disappointment. And also, ask him to further clarify what the meaning is. So there's a lot of work in there. It's a little more complex than it sounds. But I'm a psychologist. I want us to get to the root of the psychology behind it all. I don't want to just say, I'm uncomfortable, make me feel comfortable, do what I want. That's primitive, and we don't learn anything from that. We don't grow from that. We don't bond from that. There's no learning in that. There's no trust built in that. You have to learn to trust him, and he has to learn to trust you. And in trusting you, he'll be able to really share with you what that's about. So stay calm, cool, and composed. But again, if you're threatening to leave him over that, then you really don't have much care for the relationship and there's no trust or commitment in there anyway. It shouldn't be that easy. We should never break up with people over things that we're disappointed about. Disappointments are part of relationships. You have to learn to allow disappointment. Otherwise, you're saying, I need it to be perfect. And you will never get perfect, which means you have to allow some disappointment. And here's your chance to practice that. I'm bummed out you won't post a picture of me, but disappointments are allowed. His job isn't to make you happy all the time, you know? So work through what I said and uh, circle back and let us know. You know, I always like hearing how it goes. All right, y'all, that is that. That's our show. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our love line at G page, questions, things you want us to circle back, drop deeper into. Love hearing from you. Because uh, when you throw a question down there, you're helping others as you're helping yourself. Always anonymous, always confidential. And past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for love line and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. Lots of good unlearning and relearning there. Um, but spend the rest of the night focused on self-care, build in a little bit of joy, some pleasure, rest, and uh, be kind to those around you. You know, we're dropping the bar. But um, as always, y'all, <clears throat> thanks for hanging out with me, and y'all enjoy the rest of your night. Have a good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 